the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. This is the first in a two-part podcast on the topic of managing people. In this podcast, we will speak with two employers, one from a family dairy farm and the other from a large diversified business with a farm shop, about their experiences with regards to employing people and managing staff on farm. Hello and welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. My name is Mary Dogleish and this podcast is part of a toolkit of publications to assist farmers and managers in managing people within their business. Today I am speaking to John Kerr from Woodhead Farm at New Milnes in Ayrshire to hear his opinions regarding managing staff on farm. So hello John. Hello. First of all, uh, can you explain a little bit about your farming enterprise and what staff you have on farm? Our well, farming enterprise is we run a 200 cow dairy herd, uh, housed during the winter and grazing during the summer. Uh, over, over about 300 acres. We also grow a little bit of barley and rear our own young stock. All male calves, all beef cross calves are sold on as calves. Uh, cows are, are producing about 1.1 million litres of milk a year, which is sold to First, First Milk Cooperative. And uh, we are our focus is very much on producing a robust, healthy cow that can look after itself uh, on a, a, not a minimal input, but on a on a, a lower level of input than perhaps some are working on. Uh, staffing wise, on the farm full time, there's myself and a full time dairyman. Uh, my mother is also involved in the business, albeit now more in a part time capacity. And we have at present a, a part-time worker as well, who is a, a recent graduate from SRUC. That's great. Um, thank you very much. So, so obviously there, um, with a dairy enterprise and um, all the other things you've got going on, there will be you know a lot of work on the farm and a lot of demanding um, hours as well. So how did you find the process of recruiting staff and did you use any you know particular recruitment methods to find somebody who could fit well into your team and was prepared to work the long hours? The best results we've, ever, we've had from recruitment uh, is word of mouth. I have to be honest about that. We've tried advertising for people. We've tried using an agency. Uh, our, pres- our present full-time member of staff has been with us for eight years and he talks about being here until he retires uh, and he's a good 10, 10 or so years until, until then. Uh, the, well, previously we tried using an agency and we've, we kind of felt that who we got through the agency wasn't any better than who we'd have got if we'd looked ourselves. Uh, advertising in the press such as Scottish Farmer and things we always found you got a lot of phone calls, maybe 20% of them would actually be genuine interest. All the rest would be folk just phoning up for a nosy. Um, but the, the, the guy we, we, we have full time, we actually got him, it was one of the sales reps that came in, said that he knew this guy that was looking for a job and I, I knew of him by reputation. 
he'd been a dairy man locally before. Uh, so when we, the chance came up that we were looking for someone and he was available, I very much was just cut the cloth as we saw it. And we took him on and we've never looked back. Yep, no, definitely. It's always um, good if you can find somebody that you've heard of before and that you know is, you know, their reputation is, is good. That certainly makes makes all the difference. And yeah, it saves you um, spending time recruiting somebody that you're not sure um, how it's going to go. So certainly. Um, so mainly for yourself then, when you're recruiting staff, are you mainly looking for somebody, you know, is there in terms of, particular qualities or is it mainly somebody that you know you've heard of locally most of your staff tend to be local and people that you know are you know are good at their jobs is that the main things um, you tend to look for I, I tend to prefer not to have to look too often um, yeah, very good point. <laughs> I, the, the, I, I always find it's better to hold on to the ones that you have rather than spend a lot of time looking for, for replacement staff I know some areas where it's almost like a merry-go-round between farms. A staff member will leave one farm to go to another, and, and that triggers almost a domino effect around the around the local area. Uh, and it doesn't. It, I always find it's, I think it's better to have a settled group of people who have been there a while, who know the farm, who know the stock. The the hours, if you're getting into involved, particularly in the dairy industry, you know you're going to be working early in the morning and and at night. Um, that there's, there's there shouldn't really be anyone coming into the industry that doesn't realise that. Uh, yeah, certainly, and like you say, there, you know, work keeping, you know, trying to keep the same people and retain them helps as well for team motivation because then they all get, you know, they get to know each other quite well and know how each other works and it just helps with the whole efficiency of the working team, doesn't it? Yeah, it does indeed. Definitely. Um, so then obviously your part-time worker was a, a recent graduate. Was there sort of training required there um, or did you, you know, is training yes. sort of something you would do for employees? Uh, to be honest, it's something I would like to do a lot more for employees. Um, I know there are training courses available, which I would really actually quite like to send staff on. And the part-time employee we have at the minute, as I said, she's a recent graduate. We are fully expecting that we'll lose her to what I would term a proper job because she's way overqualified for milking cows and pressure washing. But I, I mean, if if there was the opportunity for her to stay here, I would I would be wanting to send her on AI courses and things, and and actually get somebody else here can, can do that. It's one of um, last year I had both of the, of the members of staff attending a a training session on mastitis management and treatments at our vet practice. Um, I figured that was there's more sense in sending the two of them on it than there was in me going on it myself because the two of them will do far more milking than I do now. Yep. So it was good to kind of for them to get the the knowledge and skills around that topic. Um, yeah, and and it's something that the two of them still talk about between themselves as well. It's it, it kind of creates a, a bit of a team bonding thing when they are the ones that know this and they are the ones that are, that. We can compare notes and what they took from the day and, and things like that. So it's always good to, from my point of view to see that, that the two of them have that kind of 
um, I don't want to use the term relationship, but that, that's that they, they can they can bounce things back and forth between one another without without me having to be involved. Yeah, certainly, and I think that's a you know a very good thing, and it shows a, a strong team, doesn't it? And the effect that you know a training course can have on general team morale and somebody's confidence in it and enjoyment in their job, um, most certainly. So, but yeah, as well, you know, like you're saying there. Um, about you know, as you suspect you might lose your employee. I suppose it brings back to the point that if somebody you know is is made to feel welcome in a team and you know offered training and such, like you never know um, what you know decisions they might make further down the line. I suppose it's mm-hmm. all these things you've got to think about: is what what environment do you provide for your employees, and if if you get that right, then you know they can kind of stay with you for for a lot longer. Um, is a as I suppose a point worth highlighting. Um, so that's kind of bringing us on then. Do you, would you say sort of training and things like that, is that a way to sort of get the most out of your staff, do you think, or are you doing other things to try and maximise their potential on farm with you? Like, like I said, I'd like to do a lot more training. I mean, we have had staff come here straight out of school and things, and yeah, I, there'll have to be more of that in future. There'll have to be more perhaps structured, perhaps in, or less informal ways of training staff. Uh, we, don't, we aren't in a position where we have lots and lots of people applying for jobs. We will need to no. find people with no background in agriculture and they will need to be trained in future. Because it's not simply yeah. a, the, the days of, a, of coming here to, to operate a wheelbarrow and a shovel are gone. Absolutely, yeah. We need to start realising that you know we can't can't staff farms just with people from farming backgrounds. We're going to have to learn how to bring people into our team that haven't driven a tractor before and such like, and and how we can um, you know bring them on to make them a, a strong part of the team. Most certainly is what the future holds. I would say. Um, moving on then to sort of another topic. Um, have you had any situations before where there's been conflict between either employees or maybe between an employee and yourself? Or have you been fortunate to manage to, to dodge that? We've never had anything serious. Um, there are, there are, in any workplace, there's days when you, you turn up and you can't be bothered with people. But um, as long as everyone is aware of one another and you can look across the other person and say, no, you're, def- you're definitely having a bad day. We'll just go and do something else. We'll go just keep kind of keep clear of each other until you're in a better mood. Um, I think that's, you have to be aware of other people and the way that everyone has bad days. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Things go wrong and it's, it's important not to lose for tempers to try and not lose your temper with folk. So I, I, I always try and refrain from shouting at people and... Um, so, I mean, take it, you know, it's, the workplace, I suppose, isn't the place to take out maybe personal issues or a bad day on, you know, it's not the it's not your fellow yeah. employee's fault sort of at the end of the no, day, isn't it? No. There's no point in taking other issues out on them, certainly. No. Um, but yeah, I suppose it, that brings brings us back nicely to the point you made earlier about trying to retain your same team and getting to the point where everybody knows each other well and knows how each other work and I suppose that brings us back round to the point that if you can keep a core team and um, for a while then it does help people build up that 
those kind of relationships and know when when somebody's best left alone. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's certainly all part all part of a strong and successful team. Um, obviously, your the employees you've got at the moment are enjoying what they're doing with you. Um, but is there have you ever sort of had to have before difficult conversations about maybe poor performance or absent management or anything like that, or do you find you manage to attract the right people that are keen to do a job? And um, we have had, we have had incidents in the past. We we once had a a lad who worked here. He, he was straight out of school at sixteen years old, and. He was as keen as mustard and a lovely, a lovely guy. I still see him around quite regularly, actually. Um, and he basically developed a problem quite early on with getting out of his bed in the morning and was quite often turning up late. Now, milking cows in the morning, sleeping in a bit is an occupational hazard. Um, there's going to be mornings where somebody's or somebody doesn't hits the snooze button once too often and doesn't turn up for half an hour, but this guy was turning up three hours late. Um, and we, I kind of backed myself into a corner with him by giving him warnings, like official warnings about it, and we ended up having to sack him. Um, right, yeah. So you kind of worked through the process to the point that there was really no other yeah. option. But, to, yeah. but I always look back on that and wonder if I couldn't have handled it differently because it wasn't, out of badness it wasn't that he was bad at what he was doing once he was here it's just that he wasn't here <laughs> yes it was just um, getting him there at the right time that was yes there. Yeah. um interestingly enough he then actually went into the army for three years and i strongly suspect that any notion of staying in his bed get kicked out of him there but yes um, i'd imagine no there's certainly been no room no room for that in yeah in, in the army but but yeah i think it just it's always a difficult one is how do you how do you deal with with things like that you know nobody wants to especially when you've got somebody that is good at their job and it's not a performance issue once once they're on site and once they're going it's it is a difficult one to mm-hmm. you know it has to be dealt with in some way though because it's they're not feeding other members of the team at the same time but it's it's certainly a difficult one to know to know how yeah. best um, to approach. We've, we've never had any issues with management problems in terms of running the farm. Um, possibly because I've and I take most I do that mostly myself. Um, the present guy who's been there a long time, he is he does take on bits and pieces of it, so he sorts out what cows are to get dried off and things. But I'm I'm still in an immediate charge, and I'm still on day to day charge. Uh, yeah, so I, ho- I hope we have an open enough relationship that that's that they them pulling me up about something that they think of maybe taking my off the ball about is a possibility as well. Yeah, definitely. And again, I think you know, so kind of part of a strong team is that sort of open open communication and not being not being afraid to discuss things with all members of the team, maybe no matter what what level they're at. Um, is yeah, definitely a good a good point there. Um, so earlier on, you mentioned that your your current full time employee is um, you know talking about being with you to retirement. That's obviously a a very good sign that he's he's happy where he is. Would you say there's any particular key to staff retention and being able to to keep somebody for a good length of time as you already have and hope to continue to do for even longer? Well, obviously that will depend on the individuals, and I think to an extent we have been lucky in that he and myself actually do get on well um, and, and have a, a fairly similar sense of humour um, as well. It's 
the the, the part time employee is quite often subject to a bit a bit of ribbing, um, uh, from, from, particularly from him. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 other thing I think always works in my my favour a bit is that I have seen that relationship from both sides because when I graduated from college I actually went away and worked elsewhere I didn't come back to the home farm immediately uh, I worked on another farm in Scotland and went to New Zealand for six months and worked on about four different farms there so I I, I worked for good bosses for bosses who I couldn't stand who for once I knew did a good job but were very highly strung. And it, it gives you a different perspective on how you deal with people who are working for you if you have been the one on the other side of that relationship as well. And a lot of farmers have never experienced that. They've been, they've come, they've basically worked on their own farm all their lives, perhaps with their dad, and they've never had to had to deal with someone else from the other side. Um. And I think that it's something that most farmers should be aware of. It's, 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 a, it's a healthy thing to know that. It's a healthy thing to to be aware of. Yep, certainly. No, I think it's a very good point you make that for a lot of people, they will never have been in the shoes of their employees. And I think it will definitely help that you can understand, you know, when something goes wrong or there's an issue, you can see it from their point of view as well. And I think it will certainly yeah, make it easier for you um, for you to deal with that. Um, so, yeah, and certainly there's a bit of ribbing and a sense of humour is part of every workplace and it, it shows a good good working relationship, doesn't it, when people can have a good time while they're at their work as well. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah. um, what would your top tips be for anybody looking to employ for the first time or maybe make changes to the way they're managing their staff on farm? I would say that Make sure that if you're employing someone for the first time, make sure it's someone that you want to spend time with, that you you don't at the very least don't mind spending time with, because you're going to be spending time with them. Um, I wouldn't say you necessarily have to be the sort of person you want to go for a night out with, but certainly that that you get on is a, a must, and that's something you should really look at at the point that you're interviewing them. Um, Social media is a great thing. If you, if you can look them up on there and you find out that they've got some views that you really don't like, then avoid them like the plague. Um, I would be, I'd be tempted to say to a lot of folk that most folk who are going to be working for you, they have a brain and they're doing... No one gets into agriculture to make a lot of money. That's just not, not going to happen. Uh, they're there because it interests them. It, and they enjoy, hopefully, what they're doing. Uh, the so use that that fact. Allow them a bit of space, a bit of opportunity to to be in charge of things, to make some of the decisions. Even if you keep, even if you are in overall charge yourself, even if you are still in charge of the, the full management of your your, your farm, your enterprise. If there's bits of it that you can delegate to them. It makes them an awful lot more engaged, an awful lot more interested in the, the in their piece of it. Um, getting that that investment and that buy-in from them is 
how you it's, it's, it's motivational you some people are motivated by money other people are motivated by being able to only work five and a half days a week or six or four and a half days a week whatever um other people are interested in uh managing things and and then moving forward in their careers and you should always try and work out what is motivating that person what are they going to respond best to I do know someone actually who, who it's not a, actually in a work thing, but I, I was on a committee and I, re, I realised when I was chairing this committee that she responded very well to just a wee bit of praise and would become an awful lot more invested in what she was doing if, if you tell her every now and then that she was doing it well. And yeah, even something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, yep, definitely. No, that's... Um, some very interesting points there. Just um, thinking there, you mentioned um, interviewing staff. Is that something that even when it's a local person that you maybe heard of, do you still tend to, do you get them to send in a CV or an application or do you, you know, do you interview, do you do a bit of both? Uh, well, last couple of times we haven't used CVs at all. Um, it's just basically been uh, completely based on me getting getting the chance to talk to them and like like I said before it's whether I think I can work with this person whether I think that this person is someone that I'm willing to spend this amount of time in a day around Um, most other things can be overcome with training with uh, cajoling with whatever whatever works best for for that one particular person Um, yeah definitely my experience of of an open process with adverts and things, we tried years ago advertising for someone and even though an advert was specifically said we don't want anyone who's self-employed, we ended up with someone who's self-employed and he started complaining because we weren't giving him enough money or enough, enough hours to make the money he wanted. And I said, well, this is why I didn't want somebody self-employed because we were wanting somebody on a salary because we, our carving pattern tends to mean that we have big amounts of work at some times and other times when we're actually quite quiet. So someone who's self-employed, they need to be working a certain number of hours, they need a certain amount of money. It's it, it, it was never really going to work, but it was the only option at the time. Uh, I think he only lasted about six weeks before he decided he actually was being better off somewhere else. But yeah, I suppose it makes a good point. Sometimes, you know, going down the advert line and whatnot, you maybe don't get as many, you know, responses as you'd anticipated or, you know, it's not maybe who you were looking for as, as the people that respond mm-hmm. and you maybe need to look to some some temporary um, solutions there. Um, but yeah, I think you make a, a very good point in that quite often the most important thing is personalities and how, you know, the person personality of somebody is going to fit in um, with your team um, like you say you know a CV and whatnot it shows the experience it shows where they've been before but it doesn't doesn't tell you a lot about the, the person themselves so that's certainly where meeting them and you know showing them the farm and whatnot um, really brings out a, a different side of people quite often so you obviously do a bit of a um, a social media check, which I think most people do nowadays, considering mm-hmm. it's uh, so so prevalent. Do you t- do you ever um, contact previous employers for references, or do you find you can find most of the information out from speaking to somebody and from a wee look in social media? 
can I can find most of the things I need to I feel I need to find out about them from from a, a, a kind of like you say, I can walk and talk around the farm is about the that's probably my my, my favourite uh, technique. Um, what what do they think? What have they done before? Um, here's what we do here. That's what you think about that. Um, I've never actually contacted previous employers, although I have had have been contacted by people who are looking to employ people that have worked here before, and. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always aware that it depends very much on how the circumstances of them leaving were handled. What the answer you get from them is. Um, yeah, no, that's certainly a very good point. And it, it could be as well, you know, it maybe didn't work out, you know, at that previous employer, maybe due to a personality issue. You never know. And sometimes if a person's in a different environment, they can be an entirely different person. So it's yeah. worth maybe, I suppose, taking references with with a pinch of salt quite often. And I, I know actually one of my dairyman's previous employers, I and I didn't speak to him at the time that I was employing the guy, but um, he, I have met him since. And I'm quite glad I didn't get in touch with him because within, within a couple of minutes of meeting the guy, I really decided I didn't like him very much and I could kind of understand why he left. Um, but I, again, it's just personalities. It's... Uh, I think, like I say, I'll go back to that time and time again. That is the most important thing, and everything else, everything else surrounding that, can be overcome. Yeah, certainly. You know, if there was a, a skill that you know was essential that wasn't there, you know, there can be training offered, and that gap can gap can be filled. But you can't you can't make somebody's personality fit with a team if it's just a, a polar opposite, without a yeah. doubt. So, on that note, I would just. Uh, Thank you very much, John, for taking time to talk to us today and providing a really interesting insight um, into how you manage um, staff on your farm. So we have just heard from John Kerr on employing within a family dairy business. Now we will hear from John Sinclair from Craigie's Farm Shop near Edinburgh about managing staff within a large, diversified business. So hello, John. Hi, Mary. How are you doing? Um, first of all then John can you explain um, a little bit about your enterprise and what staff you have working for you yeah, well, Craigie's farm shop is uh, a diversified business so we have farm shop, cafe um, make uh, jams and chutneys and we're also doing a little bit of farming as well mainly, mainly soft fruit and veg uh, which all gets uh, sold through our own uh, farm shop so we currently employ, uh, we've got about 60 members of staff um, at the moment on the books. Um, probably a full-time equivalent will be around about sort of 30, 35 uh, full-time equivalent. Okay. So, yeah, quite obviously a number of um, enterprises involved there and quite a, a substantial uh, team, probably particularly at your key times of the year. So how do you find the dynamic among such a large team can a range of personalities sometimes be an issue yeah personalities can be an issue but you know it's also really important to have a good good mix of different personalities uh, so that you know you can um used to get different skill sets there within the team uh, so that's you know that's, uh, it, it can be can be a problem but it's it's also um really important as well 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important to to strike that balance between you don't want everybody who approaches things the same way um, all the time. The you know a strength of a good a good team is certainly people who look at things differently, uh, without a doubt. So thinking then about obviously um, the size of your team and the fact um, that there'll be a lot of seasonality um, to your work, how do you find the process um, of recruitment? Is there any particular methods you tend to use? Yeah, I mean, I suppose with you know, being quite a kind of well-known kind of uh, uh, business in the local community, we, we, we do get a lot of people approaching us. Um, so, you know, there is, there is kind of uh, um, uh, one one rule that we have uh, and, you know, we get well, hundreds of approaches from mums and dads looking for uh, work for, for their, their, their son or daughter. Um, all, all the members of staff in the, in the shop are under instructions. If mum or dad hands a CV in, uh, then, you know, that's to get thrown in the bin. Um, you know, we're very much looking for the individuals to have the initiative to come up and, and look for the job. So we, we very rarely, unless it's a key position, very rarely have to go out uh, through kind of um, more traditional kind of recruitment uh, channels. Yeah, interesting. So I think that shows uh, a lot of the time that if you've got a, a recognised name and, and brand in the local area, then it certainly makes um, recruitment um, a lot easier. But yeah, I think a very good point and that quite often it, it maybe tells you a lot about your potential employee if they if they can't even you know come and hand in, in their CV themselves. So I think that's a, a fantastic rule there to, to yeah. be using. And quite often as well, you know, if, if someone comes knocking on our door looking for work, and even though we're not looking for someone, you know, if we think that person's got something to offer the business, then you know, we'll um, you know, generally bring them in for a for a chat or just see if uh, you know, if we can kind of create a space within the business for them. Absolutely, yeah. So no, it's definitely you don't want to see a see a good person lost to another business if there's you know a particular maybe skill set or, or a new outlook that they can they can offer to your team. That's um, very interesting. Um, so in terms then, when obviously you're maybe not um, recruiting through your you know usual channels I guess then you're getting a range of people with varying um, levels of experience so then does staff training become quite a large part of your business? Yeah training is really important you know it's, uh, it's it's important that any new member of staff quickly gets the kind of values of the business um, and, and is kind of brought up to speed uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's important that you know, with the size of our business as we're growing, getting bigger, it's more and more important to make sure everyone's kind of doing doing something in a uh, consistent um, uh, way and, uh, you know, uh, do, doing it along the kind of the Craigie's way, if you like. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's getting that sort of business value and brand um, drummed into them from, from an early on, certainly. So do you find sort of when people are approaching you um, looking for jobs, or do they tend to already know what part of their business, what part of your business they want to be a part of? Or do you try and, you know, find out some information about them and decide maybe where best they would fit? Yeah, we would always just kind of look at the person and uh, just try and find out what their, their skill sets are and uh, and then just try and um, pop them into you know, an area of the business that we think that they'll work well in. And, uh, you know, and if they don't work well in that area, then you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try moving them to another area before um, you know, we kind of give up on them. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. No, um, certainly once, you know, they've, they're a part of your team, it's maybe just they've not yet um, found their niche rather than maybe being, being unsuitable um, for the job. And sort of with yourself, do people tend to stay, you know, with you for quite a while or do they, you know, move as a progression within the different areas of the business for staff or what's your sort of policies? Yeah, no, we always like to recruit from from within, and uh, you know, um, so we'll, we'll kind of identify um, those within the team that you know, have potential management kind of um, uh, potential, uh, you know, and it's not everyone that wants to kind of uh, um, you know, go up the business, um, so you know, so it's got to be a two way thing. Uh, but if we think they've got the potential, and if they're interested in in, in progressing in the business, then um, you know, we, each year we put so many members of the team through through some uh, management training, um, and then you know, as they progress, that that management training would then uh, get more and more in depth. Um, so you, know, as as we're still very much a growing business, it's it's always great if we can uh, recruit from within the business but then again you know there's other side as well there's you know there are times where uh, you need to bring um, knowledge and expertise from outside uh, in, into the business as well so uh, you know it's just it's really important just to make sure you're not recruiting just um, because you know it's, it's going to be best for the employee uh, it's got to be what's best for the business as well. Yep, absolutely. I think it is um, important to strike that balance as much as, you know, there's benefits to recruiting internally that they already know so much about about the business and, and its vision. But um, it's definitely a very, a very valid point that sometimes you're needing a skill set um, or some experience that you've maybe not currently got um, within the team. Yeah. Very interesting to hear as well that you put um, staff through management training. That is um particularly um, interesting and maybe something that not a lot of businesses um, are maybe doing at the moment. Would you say that's sort of a way of, you know, getting the most out of your staff? Do you feel there's a, you know, if they feel they're valued enough to be put on a training course like that, do you think that helps, um, you know, with staff morale, for example? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they can see that there's a, a progression um, uh, within the business. Uh, so, you know, that, that, it's kind of, um, you know, a great way of rewarding uh, good members of the team. Um, and also kind of, I suppose, it's it's like a kind of longer kind of interview process, uh, um, you know. So, so, I mean, it, it may well be that they, they don't like the the, the extra responsibility uh, that comes with being a manager, uh, so it's a good way of just testing um, the, you know, that, that member of, of the team just to see whether you know, they are suitable and also if, if it's something that they, they potentially want to do. Absolutely, yeah, no, because I suppose a lot of people that are going into those roles might never have had management experience before, so it might sort of be the realisation that it's um, it's not for for them, which is um, certainly very interesting. I suppose that's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of quite an early mistake we made was, uh, you know, we, we did employ quite a few members of family labour and, you know, uh, when we started off um, and we put, you know, family labour into kind of roles of management uh, because of who they were rather than their skill sets. Um, and, you know, that was something we learned quite quickly um, that, you uh, um, 
you know these members of the of, of the family just hated being managers, but but loved uh, being sort of uh, just speaking to customers and and, and dealing with customers uh, directly. So you know that's quite an early lesson that uh, that we learned very quickly. Yeah, no, and I think that's a very interesting one that others could maybe learn from as well. Sometimes in businesses that are a mix of family and external labour, a lot of people probably do go to the family first for, for the management roles, but I think it's important to realise that everybody has different ways of going about things and everybody has different areas that they're they're comfortable in. So, no, that's um, particularly useful for others, I would say. Moving on then, have you had any situations where there's maybe been conflict between employees or between yourself and an employee or have you been quite fortunate in that you've been able to to miss that a little? Yeah, there, there has, has definitely been conflict uh, uh, and, you know, there there is, I suppose, conflict on a uh, on a on a on a daily basis between some members of the team, um, but you know that's that's just down to kind of um, you know a good manager uh, managing that that situation, and uh, you know getting um, you know, individuals just to see that you know there's there's different ways to do things and different ways to kind of uh, uh, approach it. Um, as far as sort of conflict with myself, um, yes, in the early days uh, we had quite a high turnover of, of, of managers and members of the team. Um, you know, I, I, I'd come from you know a farming background where you know, it's myself and one other employee um, to then suddenly have to uh, you know, manage a, a, you know, a, you know, a larger team. Um, you know, it, there was quite a lot of conflict in the early days. Um, you know, I, I suppose at that time it was very much a case of, well, you know, I'm not going, so, uh, uh, you know, if, if you don't like this, then you've got to go. Um, but then, you know, it just became quite obvious to me um, that you know, I had to change the ways that I managed people uh, and, uh, and try and get the best out of uh, uh, members of the team that were working for us. Um, so... You know, I suppose we learned to kind of maybe put a bit of distance between myself and some members of the team. So you're know, getting a really good general manager that I've got a really good relationship with is is, is key, I'd have said, uh, and then you know that can act as a bit of a buffer um, uh, between any, any any you know any any sort of uh, areas of conflict. Yeah, no, that's great, and again, I feel a. Excellent point to sort of help um, others maybe learn from areas where you kind of maybe learn from your mistakes. Um, in a way, it's it's interesting. Like you say, you know, there's many people probably think, you know, let's just manage this person out out the business. But there's a you know a cost and a time associated with that as well. And then recruiting yeah. um, another replacement person. So I think it is particularly um, useful if you can to find other ways um, to deal with that that conflict um, internally and certainly like you say um, getting people into the right roles that can you know work together and keep an eye on the conflict and, and manage it um, there's no doubt that you know everybody has different approaches um, to how they go about things and some people deal with things differently and it's in a large team it must be difficult to get people to understand that um, quite often yeah um, so, as that kind of, have those kind of situations ever had to leave you to have sort of difficult conversations about maybe an absence, poor performance, or maybe looking to, you know, to let somebody go? Would you have any tips for others who maybe find themselves in that situation? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've always kind of had the approach. Yeah, I mean, we have had to go through, um, uh, you know, the sort of disciplinary process, the performance process, uh, um, you know, once I think, and it's, it's not a process that's it's great for 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 either side. Um, you know, I far rather just having that kind of face to face approach and just sort of uh, you know acknowledging the fact that things are not working and uh, uh, seeing if we can come to a kind of mutual understanding. You know, I think that's that's far better for for all parties. Um, uh, you know, it's it's it, it, it is kind of a, you know, when you start going through the kind of disciplinary process, then that's that's, that's never never great for for anyone. No, definitely not. It's not a pleasant process. You know, certainly I would say, I would agree that first port of call should always be if you can, you know, sit down and uh, talk through things and maybe, you know, reach an agreement or you know see if there's. Um, measures that can be put in place to to aid the situation you know maybe in a performance issue maybe it's a you know a training gap or something and see if you can work through things in other ways rather than um yeah go through a, a lengthy unpleasant um disciplinary procedure yeah, yeah no absolutely. um i get the impression from yourself john that you have a lot of staff that um stay with you would you say there's a particular key to staff retention um, yeah, I suppose it's, it's 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 treating them like how you'd expect to be treated yourself. You know, I've, um, you know, before I came home, I worked for for a number of uh, other people, um, and you know, learned a lot from from these experiences. And uh, yeah, I suppose it's you know, I, 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 one of our kind of values is, uh, you know, is, 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 is hard work and, um, you know, I do kind of have quite high expectations. Um, but, you know, I think, um, you know, we kind of very much kind of have that kind of approach where, you know, it's work hard and play hard. So, you know, hopefully it's, um, uh, you know, the members of the team that that, that's, that that have stayed with us for a long time, um, you'll know, have that kind of same kind of ethos, and uh, um, you know, enjoy the kind of the the play, the kind of fun part of of the job uh, uh, as well. So, um, you know, we have been really lucky with uh, um, sort of staff retention and keeping key members of the team for 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 a good length of time. Excellent. So yeah, I think it's a valid point that it's as much as getting, making sure that the team you've got are, you know, in line with your values and understand um, your vision as much as anything, without a doubt. And you mentioned there that you'd obviously worked for various people. Do you think having been an employee yourself, does that help you know how to manage people when you've seen it from the other side um, a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can learn a lot from your hope how people do things well uh, but you know there's also the side as well you know if, if you've had the kind of you know poor experiences where um, uh, you maybe work for someone that's not been a good manager then you can learn as much from from these people as as uh, you know as, as the ones that do it well so yeah no, I think it's really important to, to get out there and kind of experience uh, uh, you know uh, being an employee as, as well as being an employer Yep, definitely. Yeah, you can as much as much as you can learn from people how to do it. You can also learn how not to do it. Um, I suppose, and both are are very valuable um lessons. Yeah. 
if there was somebody who was maybe looking to employ for the first time or make changes to the way they were managing their staff, would you have any top tips for them? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, sp I suppose the kind of the the key kind of I I'd never received any sort of management formal management training sort of when I was at college, um, uh, and as I say, had, uh, you know my, my early years of kind of uh, uh, of of, of, uh, of farming never really employed that many uh, uh, employees, uh, so uh, it was actually you know the. Uh, rural leadership program that that was a real kind of turning point for me, um, and getting a bit of that formal training and and how to manage uh, a team uh, was was a key turning point for for me and also for for the business as well. Um, so you know, absolutely, you know, if you've not had any kind of formal training, then um, you know, I think that is is is, is really important. Um, a lot of people get hung up on uh, interviews and CVs and um, uh, and, and, and you know, uh, references from from previous employers. Um, I mean, we we ask anyone that's applying for a job for a CV, uh, but um, it's more a case of if they can't be bothered to to write a CV, then you know we 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 we'll probably just strike them off straight away. Um, so we use it more as a kind of filter than anything else. The actual content of the CV will, will probably not pay an awful lot of regard to. You know, we are more looking at the the person and the personality uh, than the, uh, the, the than their CV. Um, you know, unless of course it's a you know, key position like a, a head chef or a, or a general manager or or you know quite a key role. Um, but even then, you know, I think it's it, the, the actual personality is is probably more important. Um, you know, you can, with, if, if someone's got the right kind of attitude, then you know you can train, um, uh, you know, um, skills into into people. Yep, definitely. I think, um, and it's much the case. Anybody can can write anything on a CV, isn't it? But the most important bit, particularly in the likes of your business, is is how they come across and what sort of personality they have. And quite often, and you know, an informal chat can tell you as much about that as, you know, or things about them that a CV um, could never tell you. So I think that's yeah, definitely a very, very important point. And. I liked also the the point you made there about um, actually getting management training and actually looking into it. I think particularly maybe in the rural and agricultural industries, it's never something that um, people think about. You know, they think, well, you know, um, I can do this and actually have sometimes no understanding of actually what what is involved and in, in what a, a tackling um, they are taking on. So, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. It's uh, great to hear that you find um, your training in the Rural Leadership uh, Programme useful to help you um, get to where you've got to today. Yeah, I suppose, you know, uh, on the Rural Leadership Programme, I think probably one of the the best bits of kind of advice that, uh, that I got was from uh, a guy, John Stewart, who, who headed up... Um, uh, a Claysdale Bank, um, and you know his 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 bit of advice on employing you know thousands of members of staff was that you know he kind of uh, uh, graded all his members of staff as A, Bs, and Cs, and uh, he says A's are probably uh, you'll make up uh, quite a few 
uh, of your team, um, your reasonable percentage of your team, and they are your ideal employees, ones that you just really want to hold on to um, and uh, you'll just uh, look after them. And then bees uh, are, will probably make up the, the majority of your team and uh, uh, you know, with a bit of work and a bit of training, you can turn them into A's um, and you're, you're kind of backbone of your, of, of your business. And then there's the C's. And he said, the C's, if you grade anyone's a C, you just need to move them on. Uh, they're not working for you and, and you know, it's not good for them either being in your business. So, you know, I, after getting that bit of advice, I kind of went home and kind of uh, went through all our members of the team. And, uh, you know, I think we kind of graded, um, uh, you know, out two or three C's. Uh, and... You know, when we did deal with the uh, with the issue and the problem and 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 moved them on, um, you know, it was it was amazing the, the amount of kind of um, a relief uh, I suppose with the rest of the team. You know, I suppose I'd always been kind of scared to kind of make a move on them because you know I was sort of worried that your know, friendships with the rest of the team would would have an impact. But but you know, generally I think you know, your A's and B's will probably think a sort of similar way to you and probably have the same thoughts. So you know, actually when you do kind of make these tough decisions, uh, then uh, you know, it does kind of bring that sense of relief into the rest of the team. Yeah, no, that's um really interesting and probably a very a very good yeah angle to look at things from with that grading system a lot of people are probably oh well you know that member of staff's been here a while you know couldn't possibly but actually the benefit on the on the team as a whole um i think in those situations um will like you say um be huge and of a particular particular value so yeah no i think another great piece great piece of advice there um for others um looking at their teams well, thank you very much, John, uh, for taking the time to talk to us today and providing a really interesting insight into how you manage uh, staff within your business and some really great pieces of advice and top tips there that I think others can, can really learn from um, to refine and strengthen their teams even further. That concludes the first podcast in this two-part series, and hopefully you have gained some useful tips regarding managing your staff on farm. Tune back in for part two, where we will find out more about apprenticeship schemes and hear from a business about their experience employing an apprentice.